Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. Tuesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for joining us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Coming to you on Super Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. If you miss any part of the show, you can always go back and get it on demand, whether it's an interview that you want to hear again or just a, uh, a conversation topic that we had where you'd like to go back and check it out again. Podcasts available through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search Super, uh, Sports Talk Mississippi to get the latest Sports Talk Mississippi podcast on your device anywhere, anytime. And don't forget about Thunder and Lightning. That focuses on Mississippi State with Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. The Rebel Report with Michael Borky and uh, Brian Scott Rippey. And uh, the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. So all of those are out there for your enjoyment. Guys, what's up? Tuesday, another day, more closings, lots of NFL news coming your way, more people sick. Stock market has actually bounced back pretty nicely today. The Dow Jones up about 5%. The uh, S&P 500 up about 6%. And... um, NASDAQ was up about 6% as well, so better day on Wall Street. What's up? Yeah, my Robinhood account gained like $1.39 today, so pretty good day for me <laughs> so far. Yeah, I've got the little Robinhood account as well. I haven't put anything in it in a while. Uh, it's been a little depressing to look at it. I think I've gone from about oh about $500 in there to uh, when I looked earlier today, it was at like three eleven. Yeah. So. See, I, I, my one-year total is now down... 44%. So, um, coronavirus not helping my wallet, but at least my account is tiny, so that helps. Yeah. There we go. One-year total down 42.45% on Woo. the old Robinhood app. We're big money guys Yeehaw. over here. Yeehaw. Hey, Dad, what's up? I don't know what a Robinhood account is, but do you, do you, so, do you rob from you rob from the rich and give to the poor on that? Wasn't that a great movie? And I, I'm talking about the Disney animated version. That's you know, a good one. Robin Hood, they're, they're, little John, running through the, the Rob- forest. <laughs> most of the Robin Hood movies, because Robin Hood's a good story, are good movies. Yeah, Men in Tights included. At, that might be number one. What are you talking about? Brian Adams singing, singing the soundtrack. <laughs> the soundtrack maybe not not near the top, but the uh, the movies themselves. All right, so Robin Hood is a uh, it's like an app-based investing apparatus where you can go in and you can, you know, put a little money in. I guess the cool thing is Borky there are no fees, right? Zero. So you got no fees. So if you put $100 in, you've got $100 to invest and you can go and buy stocks that will allow you to buy, you know, until your account's empty and if you want to put more money in, you can and if your stock values go up, then you can cash that out however you want to do it. So it's like, you know, gambling with stocks. Okay. Which, well, I, nowadays, I it's all you got to gamble on. So, yeah. We, I saw today that been... you can gamble You can gamble on the weather. You can take the over-under on some highs and lows. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I saw that, yeah. I thought the presidential debate things were funny. I mean, you had, 
I think I saw on one website, 66,000 people bet on Joe Biden's use of the word malarkey. Did it hit? I don't remember. I only saw the ahead of the debate. We have 66,000 entries on the over-under being like one and a half on Joe Biden saying malarkey. We do that here at Mississippi State. I guess I'm going to give this away. If he's listening, he'll just know. We we bet on um, Ben Howland. how many times he'll say phenomenal in a press conference. Rippy can back me up. He was there. He heard this at the last game of the season. Uh, I, I'm the guy who sets that number. And uh, usually, you know, after a win, the over can hit, but you know the under is usually a pretty safe play. Rippy, how was your uh, your Tuesday uh, in terms of practicing social distancing? Pretty good. I got a haircut, so I guess that's not social distancing. But other than that, pretty good. My wife informed me this morning that I could not go get a haircut. Well, when we, I mean, it's gonna be a while before we leave our bunker, so. I don't know. I thought about shaving it all off. Do it. Oh, I mean, too late now. I can't go back. I think that would be double bad social distancing. Well, I mean, isn't that kind of the beauty of shaving it all off is you don't have to go to the uh, the salon to get that done? Yeah, I'm going to leave that in the hands of the professionals, but thanks. Rippy, even you couldn't screw up shaving your head. Well, I was thinking more buzz than bald. I don't really want to go bald. That would be a weird sight in terms of, like, skin tone and all that. Anybody who's got Photoshop skills that can make that happen, that image happen for us, I, we'd appreciate that. Please tweet at Sports Talk Miss. Do you know I'll who go the bald worst? Hey does. Ooh. I can't go bald. I got that big bump on the side of my head. It's not attractive. Yeah, but in terms of getting Rippy to go bald, it might be worth having that for a short amount of time. Hey, Dad. You're not wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. We'll put it under advisement. Do you know who the worst Photoshop artist in the history of Photoshop is? Me? Uh, no, you're second worst. Michael Borky is actually the worst. <laughs> Man, I made years ago, I mean, just on like Microsoft Paint, a picture of Richard, like his face on Bob Barley. I don't even remember why I did it. It is still on my computer, though. Send it to me, please. I will. It's it's not good. What do you remember the reason for that? I have I know I have the picture. I don't, I don't remember why. Uh, news popped up today, according to uh, Woj at ESPN. Adrian Wojnarowski: uh, Four Brooklyn Nets players have tested positive for coronavirus. Three of them completely asymptomatic too. Whew. Goodness, that's the scary part of this thing. It's that you're spreading it without even knowing you have it. Hmm. I am, uh, this would be an English nerd question. I, I, you know, we, we've got time to randomly think about things along the way. Just a little bit. And so I have been mulling, and, and I'm not saying that I'm not guilty in this. Uh, but pardon the the double negative there. When people call it the coronavirus versus coronavirus, I mean, lots of people are saying the, but is that like saying I'm going to the Walmart, I'm going to the Kroger or the Krogers? That's obviously not correct. It's I'm going to Kroger. Uh, I'm going to 
the FedEx Forum. Now, it's not the FedEx Forum. It's FedEx Forum. It's a proper noun. So are we messing up when we say, hey, he's got the coronavirus versus he's got coronavirus? Well, isn't well, it shortening what it was originally called? Because like, it was originally called in the, its infancy stages the Wuhan coronavirus, correct? Oh, we can't yes, say that, that anymore. That was culturally insensitive. But the news, like it was, it was shared right. on the news. It, we're being sarcastic, Rippy. No, I caught that much, but I'm just saying, like, like that's probably where that comes from. No, you just took yeah, out. But the, if you, if you I, can't, I, I, so this isn't the coronavirus existed before this round of the coronavirus. This is a new strain of coronavirus. So if you say you've got the coronavirus, somebody should ask you what number. Eighteen, yeah. one through eighteen, you're okay, evidently. Yeah. I mean, I think we're probably no, no good. It's still probably, weird to say you have flu, like it's the flu. You're right. Pray well, for Haydad, by the way. Uh, the last team to play the Brooklyn Nets, the L.A. Lakers. Uh oh, it'll be okay. LeBron's got the Rona. Just stop. <laughs> the Rona. That that's, that's better. The Rona. We're not playing basketball anytime, uh, anytime soon. No, they last uh, played, so the Lakers' last game was in Brooklyn. No, I understand that, but what difference does it make? We're not playing basketball anytime soon. They're all going to get sick, and then they're all going to get well, and then they're going to go back to playing basketball again. And I, I'm not being, I'm not being flippant about that. I'm not saying. I, I'm just saying we're talking about the no, best athletes no, no. on planet Earth. Yes, a bunch of them are going to get coronavirus or the coronavirus or COVID nineteen, however you want to describe it. The Rona. They're they're going to get it, and then they're going to get well, and things are going to calm down, and then they're going to play basketball again. Yeah, it seems like the multi-million dollar athletes have access to extremely good medical care. Who would have guessed what? that rich people get better things? Never, Not me, I tell you. Yeah. I don't blame them either. Rudy Gobert's more valuable than me. Well, maybe not now. I, I should change that. Donovan Mitchell's more valuable than me, so I get that he gets better care than I do. Hal in Starkville says, what's the stock site where I can plunk 100 bucks down? Uh, it's an app called Robinhood, the Robinhood app. And uh, pretty simple to do if you want to, uh, you want to check it out. Uh, Johnny in Raleigh, I'm not calling you out. I'm not going to read what you tweeted or texted. I'm just going to say that uh, due to racial insensitivity or regional or whatever, some sort of insensitivity, I cannot read what you said. Uh, you were calling it the flu from the part of the world in which it originated, and I don't think we can say that. Sports Talk Mississippi. Bunch coming up with you today. We will uh, we'll get to some news stuff and have a little bit of fun and remind you that the C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. We'll be right back. Ceasefire text line open to you, 601-879-4395. Avoid the waiting room with Ceasefire Health. Download the telehealth app and get treated by UMC clinicians right from your phone. Now it's just $29 per visit for everyone. That's right. Anybody in Mississippi can get treatment for non-emergency conditions like fever, coughing, and more. Even have prescriptions sent to your local pharmacy. Download Ceasefire Health the app and try it for just $29 per visit and you can learn more online at cspirehealth.com 
Borky, you say you love the NFL and you don't care who knows it. Man, these next couple of days have been a godsend for somebody who has to sit down and plan content for a three-hour radio show in a time when there's no sports. So you think it's going to continue to be wild for a couple more days? Uh, Probably not. I mean, we'll get Brady's announcement for Tampa, spoiler alert, uh, tomorrow, and then things will really die down after that. We oh, just so you got mean Phillip the last Rivers couple of days have been great? Last couple of days have been awesome. I mean, it's... It's very similar, I think I said this yesterday, very similar to what we had Thursday when everything was getting canceled all over and you're sitting here refreshing social media and if you step away for 30 minutes, you feel like you've missed an entire news cycle. It's kind of been that way with NFL free agency, a much happier uh, news story, unless you live in Boston. Yeah. Those people people deserve it too, by the way. They deserve it. And not because they're bad people. I don't know anybody from Boston except for one guy that was on my dorm hall. He was fine. But the amount of championships that that city has won, the amount of times that their teams have just been better than all the other ones at the same time. I mean, the Celtics not so much lately, but they won a championship. The Bruins have won championships. The Red Sox have won championships. The Patriots obviously have won championships. It's time for that city to suck for a while, and I'm looking forward to it. And I am here for it. Me too. Said the New York Yankees fan. Said the Los Angeles Lakers fan. I like it. I uh, I like it. So, offseason in full swing in the NFL. And the deal's crazy. Most recently, the most recent big deal hot off the presses, former Chargers quarterback Phillip Rivers and his 17 children have agreed to terms one year, $25 million with the Indianapolis Colts. That did not make Jacoby Brissett happy today. No, probably not. And I don't know if Indiana's primaried yet, but if they haven't, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders need to campaign at his house. But um, could change the election. But I think it's a really smart move for Indianapolis. It's a one-year deal. You've got a roster that's built to win right now. I mean, maybe not a Super Bowl contender, but I mean, do you really think that you're downgrading at all from Jacoby Brissett? No. So you give Phillip Rivers a one-off, one-year deal, $25 million. You're not committing to anything long-term on an old quarterback. He has some gas left in the tank. At least it looks like it. I think he can win there. It was a playoff team through nine weeks. Just injuries killed them in the second half of the year. They probably would have won, made one one of the wild cards if they'd have stayed healthy. Do you like Phillip Rivers more than you like Jacoby Brissett at the quarterback spot? For a year, yeah. I didn't see enough of Brissett. Like, he was pretty good, and he could run a little bit, but then in the second half of the year, he played injured and just had no ability to move outside the pocket at all. So, I don't really know. You haven't seen enough of Brissett to know. He's been really good in spots. Vic Beasley Jr., former Atlanta Falcons pass uh, rusher who led the league in 2016 in sacks while with Atlanta, has signed with the Tennessee Titans. Does that do anything for you, Rippy? I don't know. He stunk the last three years. This is like your typical just free agency risk. It might work out given the people we have around him and depending on the scheme, but it's really kind of a coin flip, I think. Eagles have parted ways with Malcolm Jenkins. They did not pick up the 2020 option on the uh, on the safety. This is a guy that's been a pretty good player, uh, former Ohio State player. He is 32 years old now. This is just a, a thing where age is catching up, right? If the Saints don't uh, move forward with uh, Von Bell, and you know, he's on free agency, that could you could see a reunion uh, down there in New Orleans, though. So. 
Do you like that idea? I never liked letting him go in the first place. I thought he was a key player, and Sean Payton has said as much that he, you know, thought it was a mistake that they let him go. Um, you know, I don't want him. Is he going to be a starter? No, but can he be a, a, a you know, a key contributor? I think so. I like to see the Saints sign, re-sign Vaughn Bell more than anything else. Borky, you have said for a while that Teddy Bridgewater was going to be a, a, somebody that was of interest, and when Drew Brees announced that he was coming back it became pretty clear that Teddy Bridgewater would not. He is about to sign a three-year deal for about $60 bucks with the uh, Carolina Panthers, and Cam Newton is moving away from the Panthers. And there seems to be a little acrimony in Cam Newton moving away. It's a bizarre situation up there. So first of all, it, great for well, Teddy He's a bizarre Bridge- guy, though. Well, that too. But, but great for Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, think about the conversation that we were having, that other people were having the day he got injured. I mean, it was, they may have to remove his leg, the injury's that bad, and he's definitely never playing football again. And now he's signing a contract for $20 million a year, and he's one of the good guys, too. And it's awesome for him. What the Panthers are doing doesn't make any sense, though. Because- hey, time out for a second. Ty, you, you somehow made that sound more palatable than it actually was, remove his leg. They were talking about amputating. That's what I mean, yeah. I, no, I, I know they mean the same thing, but for some reason, amputation sounds worse than they were talking about removing his leg. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to underscore. There were people that literally thought there was a chance because of nerve damage and infection and whatever else that amputation was part of the possible future for Teddy Bridgewater and today or tomorrow or whenever it's all done, he's going to sign a three-year, $60 million contract to be a starting quarterback in the NFL on the heels of being an exceptionally well-paid backup for the last two years and playing well when he had an opportunity in New Orleans. Absolutely. And people point to, I mean, of course, it was easy for him to win with that team because they had a really good defense and a really good wide receiver and a good offensive line and running back. So, yeah, it's easier to win with that team, but... Go back and watch the highlights from the Tampa game, the one in New Orleans. That guy's still got deep ball accuracy and poise in him still. So it's not like he was just throwing slants and letting the defense win for him. He was successful. I know the Saints are a good football team. The Panthers are not as complete as a roster, but it's not like he's a slouch. And so he proved it, gets a contract, great for him. What are you doing, though, if you're the Panthers? What are you doing? They said goodbye to Cam Newton while he's still on their roster. They haven't traded him. They haven't cut him. And they're announcing a goodbye and saying thank you and all that stuff. He's still there on their payroll. It, it, the situation's a mess. They're not handling it well. Um, their initial release, the language they used, made it sound like it was a mutual parting ways. But Cam replied, because that's how things work now, with that weird Zodiac killer font that he uses, and said like that it was all Lord them. of the Rings. They can cut him and save $19 million or they can trade him. I bet they end up trading him to the Chargers. So the, the story on ESPN says the Carolina Panthers have given Cam Newton, once the face of the franchise, permission to seek a trade. The team's announcement comes, as sources tell... Diana Russini from ESPN that the team is showing strong interest in free agent Teddy Teddy Bridgewater, which we obviously just talked about. After the team posted their announcement on social media, Newton responded to a post on Instagram saying, quote, stop with the wordplay. I never asked for it. There is no dodging this one. I love the Panthers to death and will always love you guys. 
please do not try and play me or manipulate the narrative and act like I wanted this. You forced me into this love. Close quote. Yikes. Well, at least everybody knows where everybody else stands. Yeah. Right? All of this tells me that the quarterback class is not highly sought after. If that comes true, if the Chargers make a deal for Cam Newton and you've already had Tampa, Tom Brady's going to sign with Tampa tomorrow. Uh, you've had the Colts take Phillip Rivers. It's just a one-off, but still. I mean, if the Chargers get away from drafting a Justin Herbert, I mean, the there's not a whole lot of places for this quarterback class to go outside of one and two. By the way, think about the uniform swap for Tom Brady. He's going from, and, and, and maybe it's not classic, but you're talking about basically Americana colors, red, white, and blue, red, gray, and blue, and, and a pretty classic look, and the same thing that you've seen him in for 20 years to whatever it is that Tampa Bay wears, pewter and red. They're, they're announcing new ones soon. Well, good. So maybe they've upgraded them some. It, it doesn't make sense from just what you think of Tom Brady. I mean, he's going to go from New England and all that, the Patriots and all that winning, to the Pirate Ship Stadium in Tampa, Florida. But from a football sense, I mean, is there a better tandem of wide receivers that he's ever played with than Mike Evans and, and Godwin? I don't think so. I think it's an upgrade for Tom Brady. He doesn't have to play in crappy weather at home in December. And pretty tough division, but it could have been worse in LA. Hey, I'm going to be honest. I like the marriage of Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. But Bruce Arians is still there, right? Yes, sir. Don't you like that combination? He's done it before and had a lot of success doing it with old quarterbacks. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. More NFL news when we come back with you on this Tuesday. I suppose we should have led with this today, but it just doesn't exactly feel like breaking news. The SEC released a statement announcing that all regular season conference and non-conference competitions are canceled for the remainder of the 2019-20 athletic year, including all remaining SEC championship events. All spring football games are canceled. There will be no pro days conducted by, excuse me, SEC institutions. Quote from Greg Sankey in the release, This is a difficult day for all of us, and I am especially disappointed for our student-athletes. The health and well-being of our entire conference community is an ongoing priority for the SEC as we continue to monitor developments and information about the COVID-19 virus. Other athletics activities, including team and individual practices, meetings, and other organized gatherings, whether required or voluntary, remain suspended through at least the 15th of April. I guess theoretically, spring practice could happen if we get a pretty dramatic change in things in the next month, but that seems highly, highly unlikely at this point. No, we're done. We're done until September. I don't see any other way around that. I wonder what this means for, I know it's less important than games, but we've known they've been canceled for a while. 
uh, what it means for media days. That's the next, you know. I mean, the PGA Championship landmark, right? just got postponed. That's the landmark we're all going to have to look at. If media days is canceled, then that means the season is in jeopardy, I think. Mm, maybe. But, I mean, we're looking at, what, July 15th, give or take, for yeah. SEC Media Days in Atlanta this year. Right. You know, even if even if you had to cancel Media Days mid-July, that doesn't mean that, you know, a month after that, which you'd be looking well, at, what, four months from now, five months my, from now? My thought process is I think most everybody thinks, just based on what's going on over in China, that, you know, late May, early June – Things should start, you know, coming back into place. And so if we're into July and it's not happening, I think it's it's worse than we thought it was. It'd be a great idea. Um, is if they had to cancel it or whatever, and just did one full day at every campus. Bring your shows you on the road. What shows? SEC now, whatever the midday thing is, your your shows that you do at media because that's what's important to the SEC network, right? Is that they set up with all the uh, media people behind them and they interview all the coaches. What if they spread that out over a couple weeks? If you can't do it for the coronavirus, at least there's an alternative. You go to them. Yeah, I mean, you're still talking about a significant amount of travel and moving people More travel, all really. over the place. You get on a bus. Yes. Just spitballing ideas here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I don't want to say likely at this point, but I think SEC Media Days not happening in July is very much on the table, although I do believe that it's a little premature. It's all going to depend on whether the curve has been flattened, right? Yeah. And, and not just whether or not it's been flattened. It's got to be trending down. You know, the the whole idea, I was trying to explain this to my kids because I was, you know, they're sharp enough and they wanted to know, hey, tell us about coronavirus. What's going on? And I tried to kind of show them in, in graph form what it means, the the whole idea of flattening the curve. And, you know, it's it starts out really slow and then it skyrockets. And what you're trying to do is limit the skyrocketing of that so that you can get to you know, the top of the curve sooner and then get it trending down. Um, just because it has slowed doesn't mean you're going to have media days or anything else in June and July. It's got to be trending down, and we got to kind of be coming out of this. I don't want to I don't want to turn this into a political discussion where we've got plenty of time to get back to the NFL stuff, but I was fascinated by some of what is being proposed in the 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 coronavirus stimulus package. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but um, they're talking about putting cash in the hands of American citizens. You know, we've heard about bailouts for airlines and tons and tons of money being injected into the stock market, which kind of a complicated thing to understand if you don't and i have a very basic understanding level but it's the united states treasury the fed buying paper to try and keep the value of money there at least as i understand it and if you're a 
If you're an economist or a finance person, you may say that I just explained that very, very poorly. It's not the federal government going out and buying a bunch of stocks to try and pop, prop up the stock market. As I understand it, it's trying to keep the value of money at basically a, a level... Uh, again, I'm, I'm not explaining this very well. So, so you've Rippy, seen. Rippy, the... do you have any thoughts on this as a doctor, <laughs> doctor of economics? Flatten the curve is my advice. So the White House is looking <laughs> at a stimulus package worth somewhere between 850 billion and a one trillion dollars, and somewhere between 500 and 550 billion of that is expected to be in direct payments or tax cuts to American citizens. And somewhere Andrew Yang is rejoicing, right? So they finally listened. It's got to be bittersweet, though, because the reason they actually paid attention to his biggest campaign promise was uh, a global pandemic. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I don't know what that'll look like. I mean, do they just send it in the mail? I liked the you know, was, no more payroll tax idea. Well, what, that would be great. Yeah. Just don't tax us anymore. I like that idea better. That's what happened when uh, George Bush's first term that he gave everybody was it like two hundred bucks or something like that, and you just you just got a check from the treasury. You know, that's what you used to get for your tax refund before you know direct deposit happened. But Borky, when you're talking about payroll tax, you're not talking about not not withholding federal income tax or right, state income but tax. I want them to that, expand that's not it the to same that. thing yeah pay, payroll tax is more for business owners yeah which should exist I, that's getting political but I think everybody would like to pay less money to the government so maybe it's not political yeah no I, I it's it's hard to find people that aren't actually you know, I love taxes all right yeah I, I, well I'm gonna put you in a padded room see you later bud I guess this does become extremely political when you start talking about who is for taxes and who is against taxes, but when it gets down to it and you say, hey, would you rather more money come out of your paycheck for taxes or not, most people are, oh, yeah, I would prefer to hold on to more of my money. Uh, anyway, uh, C Spire text line 601-879-4395. They are talking about direct deposit of $1,000. So I've got three uh, bank accounts. Maybe they will have a clerical error and put – a thousand bucks in each of them. That would be nice. Yes, but you, you only have one wife. Right. It's per citizen, not per bank account. I believe that's the. That's why you said clerical error. Yeah, you know, it's the government. They 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 make mistakes they screw all, stuff the time. Up all the time. So I've got three bank accounts. If they direct deposit into accounts, I mean. And then your wife, you get four grand coming your way. I should Open have two more bank accounts, Borky. In my kid's name, and get him a credit card too. Why not? Boom. <laughs> Yeah, the thousand dollars. The the thousand dollars per person is what. Um, well, that's what Mitt Romney was proposing a couple of days ago. That yep. pinko commie, my God, oh, just geez. giving away hey, government yeah. money. Nah, hey, just, I'm just kidding. It is funny to see line. Mitt Romney saying that though. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Avoid the waiting room with C Spire Health. Download the telehealth app. Their telehealth app. Uh, and get treated by UMMC clinicians from your phone. It's now just $29 per visit for everyone. Learn more at cspirehealth.com. We uh, we will circle back. I know we got off track a little bit. Any 
kind of final thoughts on, I don't know, we've got to do it in a short amount of time, but this athletic academic year is now over. And it's over when you are, what, 28%, 30%, you know, somewhere between a quarter and a third of the way through the college baseball season, through the college softball season, through the golf season, the tennis seasons. There's a lot of stuff that came to a screeching halt last Thursday and will not begin again until we roll to uh, roll to fall. I mean, you hate it for the kids. You understand why it's happening. What I don't understand is apparently, according to friend of the show, Kendall Rogers, the uh, likely outcome is they only grant an additional year of eligibility to seniors. And that turns what is already a bad situation into a disaster and whoever makes that decision, I mean, should be publicly reprimanded to the tenth degree. I mean, that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I've got an idea. I want to run this by you guys when we come back in uh, in a couple of minutes to wrap up the three o'clock hour as it pertains to spring sports rolling toward the fall. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Tuesday. C Spire text line 601-879-4395. C Spire, customer inspired. Well, it will always remain until the end of time that Mississippi had the longest winning streak in 2020 in college baseball. I suppose that is true. Or at least ended the season with the longest winning streak, longest active winning streak. So a question for you, kind of along those lines. So spring sports are done. Winter sports and spring sports. But you already had the the entire college basketball season sans the postseason. You were trending very, very quickly toward postseason in gymnastics. It was almost over. A bunch of the fall sports also have a spring season. And a bunch of the spring sports have a fall season, right? We're talking about golf. They play a few events in the fall, and then their championship season is in the spring. Soccer plays their championship season or part of the schedule in the fall, but then they have some workouts and some inter-squads and uh, you know, a, a limited number of matches in the spring. So what if given that we all have fall baseball practice and fall softball practice, what if when we come back to school, assuming everything trends in the right direction and we get back to some level of normalcy, instead of just having fall ball where you're allowed on, what, a couple of weekends to play teams from other conferences or other teams within your conference, what if we had an abbreviated SEC baseball schedule in the fall? And those guys are practicing every day. They're inter-squatting. They are doing, you know, Ole Miss calls it Omaha Challenge. You know, it's like a, you know, kind of goes along with their end-of-season World Series. Everybody does that. So why not when we come back to school, just assuming that everything happens on April 20th or so, and they start baseball practice a week early, not, why not have a couple of weeks of practice and then have a fall schedule? This is about to blow your mind. A SEC East 
Round Robin and SEC West. Round Robin, the winner, the team with the best record after six games, plays a championship series against the other. Boom. I don't hate that. I mean, I think from a logistics standpoint, you know, if you're oh, just forget, traveling for one game. Logistics. No, but I'm, I'm trying to be, like, genuine about this. I mean, wh- why not why not have a, a five-week or a six-week schedule in the fall for, for college baseball and for college softball? Only play conference opponents. Is that a bad idea? Isn't that kind of what I said? Well, it is, but you had them playing six games. Well, not six, six series, whatever. Uh, so do oh, it, you meant you meant series? Yeah. Okay. Had them play each of, of the other teams in the division, and then when you do that round robin of games, you have a championship series in Hoover. And because it would be six, you could play three at home and three on the road. That's right. Boom. And I'll be honest with you, I know you got a lot going on in the fall. But you saw a few schools that really marketed. I think Arkansas played Oklahoma last year in the fall, and they had you know eight thousand people show up for a game. You know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State have not marketed their fall baseball in the way that some other people have. And you know maybe you try to schedule it. I don't know if you try to schedule it where it coincides with home football, or if you try well, to that's schedule what you would it where need it, to do. Well, I, I think there's an argument to be made, hey Dad, that you go the other way that you try to schedule it opposite home football and you do that as a hat tip to the local economies who are going to be suffering so much with all of the event weekends gone in the spring. And and so you say, yeah, you're going to have six or seven home football games in the fall, but we're also going to give you three home baseball weekends in the fall. I mean, I get what you're saying, but a ton of people already go to road games, or they just go home the weekends. You know, I think I think it makes more sense. You've got the people in town. You just have a, uh, you just have to do it. Then I I don't know. But, but, thinking from a media but people standpoint, don't go to road games anymore. Well, I'm just saying from a media standpoint, you know, Rippy and I would would never cover those. So, yeah, well, I'm just I, saying. I, you know, I, I gotta from, be honest. I, would I mean, you change? The I, I understand what you you're saying. It? Would you change the days you did it? Because I would feel like if you really want to do this the right way, competing with a football Saturday is less than ideal. Maybe unavoidable, but just asking. You schedule it for before the game. So you have a 6 o'clock, or after, if it's an 11 a.m., but if you have a 6 o'clock kick, play your baseball game at 1. You want to talk about the crowd there? Well, yeah, but... I thought it was opposite. Yeah. I thought it was away If you're on the road, yeah, if you're you're on the road, you're not going to be able to... to, to, to I mean, that's going to be difficult. You can the still- conference is going to have to... Coincide. Oh, I don't see that happening. Start times with a with the football game later. Not everybody well, travels, I mean, well, especially not anymore. Traveling contingencies continue to shrink. Somebody says, "But what's the point? Is it just for fun? What about pitchers' arms? If it's not for a true championship, you're not giving getting teams best arms on same pitch counts." That's true. You win the 2020 I'm- SEC championship. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a way to tell these baseball programs look we, we got to get healthy but eh, we'll talk about this more in a second take your time and i'll be waiting keep me in mind somewhere down the road you might get lonely 
Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm as we roll into the 4 o'clock hour on this Tuesday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is St. It is St. Patrick's Day. Oh, and I, you know, I I'm saw this green. this morning and I forgot, but Tom Brady left Boston on St. Patrick's Day when there's a quarantine in place. Gotta love it. <laughs> of all places? Of all places, it's Boston where Tom Brady decides that he's leaving. It's just, you know, salt in the wound. It's a good thing. If you would like to be a part of the conversation, you may do so on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Avoid the waiting room with C Spire Health. Download the telehealth app today and get treated by UMMC clinicians right from your phone. It's now just $29 per visit for everyone. With C Spire Health, anyone in Mississippi can get treatment for non-emergency conditions like fever, coughing, and more. Even have prescriptions sent to your local pharmacy. Download Seaspire Health and try it for just $29 per visit. Learn more at cspirehealth.com. Coming up uh, one hour from right now on the Farm Bureau phone line, we will visit with John Harris from the Houston Texans, HoustonTexans.com, Texans Radio and whatnot. And we'll ask him what the heck the Texans were doing yesterday in getting rid of the best wide receiver and a top five wide receiver Best on their team, top five in the entire NFL, in exchange for, well, not much. We'll ask John Harris that question and also uh, get his thoughts on NFL free agency as uh, stuff is happening all over the place with you. Borky, can we do a poll question? Yeah, yeah, we can do a poll question. What, uh, what are you thinking? Do you like the idea of a fall SEC baseball season assuming – that we're all healthy at that point. I mean, whatever caveats you want to put on there. If, if, if we have gotten past coronavirus by the time fall classes start back, are you in favor, do you like the idea of a fall baseball season? I've texted a couple of coaches just to uh, kind of get their reaction. Doable, terrible idea. Uh, you ask a couple of questions on the C Spire text line. Derek, you say, uh, Derek in the Delta, what about our dual sport athletes? Now you're talking about a very, very small number of the baseball playing or football playing population. Would that mean that Ole Miss is without John Rice Plumley and without Jerry on Ely during a fall baseball season? Of course it would deal with it yeah football matters more sorry well football pays their scholarships yeah They're, they are on football scholarships not baseball scholarships and they are attempting to play plus you're going to have more players when it rolls around if we do get this whole senior eligibility extra year thing and so it gives you an opportunity i somebody says what's the point is it just for fun what about pitchers' arms? If it's not for a true championship, you're not getting teams' best arms on same pitch counts. Yes, th- there is some truth to that. I think you could play it for a trophy. It could be kind of a modified 2020 SEC baseball championship. 
Put an asterisk in the rule or in the in the record book. I'm fine with that. It doesn't have to be the exact same. We don't have to have a 12 team SEC tournament. So, so your your question for me was, what's the point? I'm telling you, the communities around the SEC, local businesses, restaurants, bars, general morale would all be positively impacted by playing an abbreviated fall baseball schedule. Not a one team goes out and schedules something with another team. I'm talking about saying to your communities, we know you're not ever going to get all the revenue back that you lost by losing five home conference baseball weekends and a spring home football weekend, and a graduation weekend. But we believe in the relationship between universities and the towns in which they live. And we think this is something that we could do that would be good for our sports, but also would be good for our community. And so, and that's the reason that I pitched the idea of doing it on road football game weekends, try and set the schedule that way. Maybe you can't do that exclusively, but maybe two of your three home series are when football is away so that you can create a little bit of an economic bump, a little bit of an economic impact in the positive just to help the communities that you live in. For sure. And then on top of that, these kids need work too. I mean, they spend their summers elsewhere, the Cape or wherever it may be, uh, continuing to play baseball. Those opportunities are probably not going to exist this summer, or at least in a full capacity. I mean, who knows how long this thing lasts. If you're talking about Ju- late June, July, when everything starts getting back to normal, you think the Cape Cod League is going to play? I-, I don't know. So those arrangements, those plans can't be made right now. They may have almost, what, 75% of their regular college baseball season taken away from them, so no work right now. Potentially their summer ball taken away from them. You have to get work in somehow. So they've sure. got to throw these guys in the fall because they need to get them work. It's been, it would have been months without baseball. Some of the text message response responses. This is under control by mid-May. They could play the SEC round robin June, July, August. Yeah, maybe so. But you, you don't necessarily have everybody in town for summer, summer school. And to Borky's point, we don't yet know exactly what summer league baseball is going to look like. Nick in Oxford says 100% yes. Tim in Belmont, hail yes, H-A-I-L. I love Mississippi State baseball more than Hale State football. Trip dog, Richard doesn't have many good ideas. This is a great one. It wasn't his idea. <laughs> what do you mean it wasn't my idea? It was my idea. You're, you're... I threw out the question, could we play a fall baseball schedule? Yeah, after I said we should do the fall championship. You're, I asked you're the question back in my you idea. Went with yeah, the fu- yeah, no. yeah, 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 no. whatever. It's all right. No. It's all right. We're Richard all was team. moving his hands when he spoke. That's why it's his idea. Uh, what if extra year eligible player graduated in May? Does he have to attend, uh, attend classes? Yeah, I mean, you'll have to attend classes to some level, whether it's working on a second undergraduate degree or a master's degree or whatever. I mean, whatever the minimum 
to keep you academically eligible is. Uh, Bubba and Starkville, great idea. Richard, find a way for the kids. It's really about them. Here's one that says, keep fall ball the way it is. Fans will come regardless. No, they won't. They don't right now. Not, not, not to the same level. You have a few. Some fans, those diehard baseball fans show up and they watch fall scrimmages. But unless you really turn it into a big deal, people are not coming in big numbers consistently for baseball in the fall. Just how cool would it be to play Auburn in baseball at noon and then, I don't know, LSU in football at 6 on your campus? If that's how it had to work out. I know it would be better if it were alternating weekends. But think about the crowd at that baseball game and the atmosphere that you would have if you were playing an SEC baseball game the same day you play an SEC football game just a few hours before. Yeah. It would be electric. Here's a contrarian argument. All of what Richard says sounds good now in the heat of what would have been college baseball season. But once football season gets here and football fever takes over, fall baseball is going to kind of be like the XFL is now. We're David not, Holcomb says no, he's just not for it. But you're not saying that this somehow, I mean, like, this is what they should do forever. You're saying this is what they should do to supplement what's missing right now as a one-off, like, support the community, give the players the games that they were without, and then things get back to normal. This isn't a proposition to do this forever. It's just yeah. to supplement what we're missing right now. But I think hey, I the like guy's this. argument is that he's not bullish on people actually showing up and buying into it. Yeah. From what I understand, I like, the way he read it. What about this idea? And this would be capitalizing on home football games. Uh, both Mike in Oxford and somebody in the 901. How about one game on Friday night and then a doubleheader on Sunday on home football weekends? Now, now leave Saturdays alone. Like. Might be onto something there. That that's that's a that's a that's a good idea there. I like that. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll take a quick time out and we'll be right back. Mississippi on Tuesday, March 17th. Glad to have you along for the ride. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can do so on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. All right, Borky and I talked a lot about the whole baseball thing, the idea of playing a fall season, abbreviated, but a fall season nonetheless, limiting it to conference opponents, Hey, Dad, Rippy, what are, what are your thoughts here? I like it. The only concern I have is, does it would it in any way hurt the actual season you're going to have in February? Because that, to me, is the most important thing, the real baseball season you're going to have in February. So if doing this you know, pushes things back in any way or you feel like it's going to be you know, affect – your pitcher's health or, or anything, I, I would not be in favor of it. But it's one of those things that on the surface it just sounds like a good idea, but it's it's sort of like the the, the extra year of eligibility. There's a lot of kinks to work out before you could you could put it to practice. 
why would starting practice the last week of August, practicing the last week of August, the first week of September, and then playing games the second week of September through the last week of October, why would that put in peril the college season that begins four months later? I don't know. I mean, I'm just, that's I mean why I, somebody that's, could go, I, well, guys could get hurt. Well, hey, guys get hurt in fall ball all the time. Right, but... Who talking about it? Are you if you're really going to take it seriously and you're going to have pitchers out there throwing like it's you know March and April, then then the the, the possibility for injury is higher. I would say. Not if they didn't pitch all summer, on the heels of throwing a quarter of a season. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying from a caution no, I standpoint. I, I I understand that you're putting some roadblocks out there, and I'm just kind of. Plowing through your roadblocks. All right, well, there you go. <laughs> I don't think there'd be a gigantic buy-in to it, but like if teams are on board and think it's a cool idea for the players, what well, there would not be a buy-in with who? Or with like who? in terms of like getting people to the games? Maybe I'm wrong. I wonder if, like, generally, no people don't care about baseball in the end of September. But because we're going to be without it. I mean, nobody got to watch an SEC baseball game this year. You know? We have a complete absence of it. So maybe because of that, people would go just because they didn't get it recently. You know what I mean? Just the the length of time that we will go between SEC baseball games is almost two years. Two full years. And even if the interest isn't all that great. I mean, if... A third of the people show up in Oxford and in Starkville for a, a home SEC series. Three thousand people. It'd be like a home basketball yeah. game in Mississippi State. Not a lot of economic impact there, I would think. Though uh, I like the idea. I proposed the doubleheader thing on Sunday to Borky uh, in a commercial break, not to steal whoever that was as Thunder. But I think you would want to avoid Saturdays at all, at, if possible. Yeah, in terms of programming if you want this to be on television i mean obviously all of it can be streaming you're bumping against uh sec soccer in in the fall so right now you've got sec soccer matches that get played what on friday nights and on sunday afternoon sunday evenings and you usually have what one of those on television on friday and then i guess sometimes they play on thursdays as well and then you usually have either one or a double header on sunday I, mean, I don't think there's any reason to think that you couldn't televise an afternoon baseball game on on SEC Network. I mean, play it at four o'clock. Beautiful afternoons in the fall, and then a couple of games on Sunday where you know one of you, know, you pick one featured game, and then everything else is available. Um, I just think there's a lot. There could be a lot of upside to that. Or do, nah. Well, it's dumb that I now that I think about it. But Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Or two on Friday, one on Sunday. If you don't want to compete with football, there is still football on Sunday. Well, there's NFL football on Sunday, but I mean, we're kind of talking about different audiences. Yeah. Are we? I mean, do do you have college baseball fans that are NFL fans? Of course you do. Absolutely. But if you gave college baseball fans the opportunity to watch their teams in their ballparks... On Sunday afternoons in the fall, knowing that it's only going to be in September and October, I don't think people are going to check out. I mean, some will. Some will be like, nope, 
I'm sitting in my house and watching Sunday Ticket or the Red Zone, or I'm going to the bar to watch that, or I'm going to go to New Orleans and watch the Saints play in person. Some will do that. That doesn't mean everybody will. Yeah. And see, I don't even think Saturday this. would be such a disaster. That's uh, not a disaster, but it, it, yes, I, tailgating I think, is fun. But what do you do with the baseball games? Why do you think Ole Miss and Mississippi State baseball games are so popular? Borky, I think you would tax your infrastructure trying to play a baseball game oh, yeah. for a crowd yeah, sure. of 5,000 people on a Saturday of a home football game because of the security personnel and parking issues and concessionaires and all of those See, things. See, that, to that me, makes that... more sense than the people won't show. If you yeah. Just using Ole Miss as an example, since the stadium's right next to the tailgating area, basically, people would happily grab their coolers and go sit in the outfield and drink beer and watch baseball and then lug those coolers, you know, a couple hundred yards to their tent. Like, I don't think that would stop people from going. It's just an additive to what you already have. Well, the other thing to recall, remember here is, you know, and as being covering Mississippi State, I deal with this with the women and the men being, you know, playing basketball. I mean, it's, it's expensive to come to, to, to a college football game. It just is. I don't know that you can get people on those, you know, five weekends a year or whatever it is that you that you don't have football here in Starkville to say, yeah, we're going to pack up the family and go again those weekends. To the tune of 12,000 people, probably not. But could you get 6,500 if Mississippi State was hosting LSU or Ole Miss? I mean, you can't get them for basketball games that count. I don't know that you can get them for baseball People games. People give that... a damn about Mississippi State baseball, though. Well, I mean, I get that, but I don't know. That, I just don't know that you can do it. I mean, that's that's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money for people who are already paying for season tickets and, and everything else to come to football games. Two yeah. random news bits. The Ryder Cup is postponed, and what? Kevin Durant has the coronavirus. So do it that what you will. Thanks, Kyrie. The Ryder Cup is postponed. Yes, that is correct, and it was set for the end of September. Wow. That's probably, I'm just guessing, I haven't read this yet, but I'm guessing that's more of a reaction for the whole golf schedule getting lined up and back and like they're not going to miss any individual events in favor of a Ryder Cup and vice versa type of thing versus things won't be fine by September, if I had to guess. Well, that seems way that and the international travel piece as well, right? Uh, yeah, probably. But the... Yeah. I mean, Ryder Cup's here. But story... There's a team from Europe. <laughs> oh, I got that. But most of those guys will have spent the majority of the last few months playing in the United States at, you know, the FedEx Cup playoffs and such. Sure. Uh, this story from uh, Bob Herrick at uh, ESPN popped up earlier today. It says, let the speculation begin or continue. It's only been a few days since Augusta National announced it would be postponing the 2020 Masters, and the club is in the process of shutting down its operations this week. So normally the golf course is open until mid-May for its members and for members and their guests playing. This year they are shutting it down. So their season has been what? Instead of November through May, and then shutting it down, you know, mid-May through, you know, the the end of October, uh, it's been shortened by a couple of months for for the membership as well. There, there was a um, a an LPGA tour player, Marina Alex, who went on Twitter and posted a screenshot saying, "Home to Suites by Hilton 
had canceled her reservation in October. Says, Marina, we're sorry to see you go. We hope you allow Home 2 Suites by Hilton the opportunity to serve you in the future. And they uh, canceled her stay dates of October 6th, 7th, and 8th. To which she said, actually, I didn't cancel my room. You did. Your reason was honoring already existing reservations. So obviously, you know the date for the Masters is October 5th through the 12th and her price gouging for a better rate. So that would be a couple of weeks after the Ryder Cup had been scheduled. And because of course conditions and their ability to overseed the fairways with ryegrass, which is what you see that makes it so beautiful in April, they could get that to grow in by October. That's big-time speculation. Big-time speculation, especially on the heels of the announcement that the Ryder Cup is being postponed. Did they propose any alternate dates, Rippy, for a new Ryder Cup? Not that I've seen 2021 yet, is, is what I saw. They postponed yeah, yeah, it, it for be... next year. Gotcha. Hmm. So into a President's Cup year, maybe everything gets pushed back. I don't know. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll take a time out and be back with you. Just wrapping up the golf conversation in terms of PGA Tour, Players' Championship canceled, Valspar Championship, which would have been this week, canceled. Uh, Dell Match Play canceled. That was a World Golf Championship event. The opposite field event at uh, Putnakana has been postponed. The Valero Texas Open has been canceled. The Masters has been postponed. Uh, RBC Heritage week after the Masters canceled. Zurich Classic in New Orleans canceled, Wells Fargo canceled, Byron Nelson canceled, and then the PGA Championship May 11th through the 17th, TPC Harding Park right outside of San Francisco has been postponed, no date has been announced. The uh, Rapiscan Systems Classic, which is the PGA Tour Champions event on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, has been postponed. It has not been canceled, unlike the events that follow it for the next couple of weeks. The Mitsubishi Electric Classic uh, in mid-April canceled. The Insperity Invitational canceled at the end of April. Uh, the Regents Tradition early in May has been rescheduled for September 21st through the 27th. And then there's an event in uh, in Japan that has been canceled on the Champions Tour as uh, as well. So And then a bunch of cancellations on the Corn Ferry Tour and the LPGA uh, etc. But, you know, uh, more and more and more cancellations uh, every day that we go by. Um, as we know right now, or at least right now as we know it, the NFL opening for next year has not been canceled, and hopefully that is not the case. Certainly the biggest news of the day in terms of the NFL, the news that Tom Brady is done after 20 years in New England. It is expected that he will be announced tomorrow uh, as signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I guess the Chargers still are the only other team that's got a shot. Is that accurate, Borky? It's what it seems like, yeah. So it is expected by most that Brady is going to sign with Tampa Bay probably tomorrow. So what's the reaction to Tom Brady? Leaving the New England Patriots, 
Well, Buffalo Bills fans have traditionally not been fans of the New England Patriots. They have not traditionally been fans of Tom Brady. However, they can't celebrate right now, and the mayor of Buffalo has a word for Bills fans on this Tuesday. Just a reminder, bars and restaurants are open for takeout and delivery only. So for those of you that want to celebrate Tom Brady leaving the New England Patriots and hopefully leaving the AFC East, there are no mass gatherings. Celebrate responsibly, celebrate at home, and with less than 10 people present. (laughs) It's a guy that knows his audience for sure. That is great. If you can't find a little bit of humor, then you're going to drive yourself crazy. There's nothing wrong with that. Not one thing. Bars and restaurants are open for takeout only, which means you cannot celebrate Tom Brady leaving New England. (laughs) That's fantastic. Good find, Borky. How many broken tables do you think are in backyards right now in Buffalo? Mm. Well, crowd diving, table diving. So they do this thing, Bill's Mafia, by the way, when when you have a child, um, it's like a, a baptism that they have. They'll set up a tiny little table, and you slowly lower your baby on top of the table, and the table's built to break because it's a baby, so you don't drop it. Uh, but you slowly lower the baby on top of this small table for it to break, and you christen them as part of the Bill's Mafia. That is a real thing that they do. Hmm. People in other parts of the world have uh, different christening celebrations for their young children. Yeah. Probably less whiskey involved, too. Probably. Probably so. Um, Kevin Durant has coronavirus. Did we say that a second ago, or was that in a commercial break? We we said it. Okay. So it was announced that uh, four members of the Brooklyn Nets have coronavirus. Kevin Durant is one of them. Says he's feeling fine. Wishes everybody the best. You know, you almost hesitate to uh, to read the part where they, they say, I'm feeling fine, everything's good, going to be back to normal before no time, because that's just not how it's working for everybody. If everybody who got coronavirus was feeling fine and getting back to their normal lives in no time, we wouldn't be worried about hospital surge. We wouldn't be worried about our healthcare system being overwhelmed, and we wouldn't have, you know, the stock market dropping 20% in the last week. Who did we miss in the uh, the NFL free agency? Amari Cooper staying in Dallas? Turned Amar- down way more money to go to Washington to stay in Dallas. Turned down $22 million a year. To go to Washington okay. to stay in Dallas for twenty million a year, so you know it doesn't sound like he's sacrificing all that much. However, that is a massive, massive deal for Amari Cooper. 
Five years, $100 million. We didn't talk about Breeze either, did we? Not yet. Drew Breeze, yeah. two years, $50 million, so $25 million a year for the next two years. Is the second a year big... a, an option year? They have not released the details of the contract yet. My assumption would be yes, although he has some dead cap money that they've been kicking down the road a little bit, so maybe uh, next year is the year they're just going to eat that somehow. Uh, I guess the plan all along has been to keep kicking that dead money down the road so you can build a roster and then either draft a quarterback or have somebody on the cheap and then you eat the cost. Uh, so I don't know how they're they're structuring that. Those details aren't out yet. But still, another team-friendly deal. I mean, right now he's the 14th highest-paid quarterback in the NFL at that number, and there's going to be more quarterbacks that sign for more money. So he'll be what, 15th, 16th highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, and considering the production and the yards and touchdowns and accuracy and everything, that is a steal, even at his age. Drew Brees wants one thing and one thing only. Yep. And that's one to more. win another Super Bowl. Yep. I honestly think you, if the Saints had won the Super Bowl this year, he would have retired. Well, I agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. Wants to try and make one more run at it. And look, I mean, Borky, you, your, your point, team-friendly deal, and it's all about, you know, what industry you're in, right? Uh, okay, so there are going to be 15 quarterbacks that are paid more than Drew Brees next year. He's making $25 million to play football next year. So we're not talking about soup kitchen stuff. On top of, what, having already made $250, $300 million in his career, in addition to endorsements and all the other outside investment stuff that he's got going. But that's not really the point. I, I, I guess the point I'm making there is we don't need to fe feel sorry for him. It's a calculated decision by Drew Brees. Let me take a little bit less so that we can get a little bit more around me, and that's really the reason that I made the point. He only cares about one thing. It's not about money at this point for Drew Brees. I mean, yes, he wants to get paid. Tom Brady wants to get paid. And they're going to get paid, and they're going to get paid handsomely. But in the case of Drew Brees, if your primary objective is winning a Super Bowl, if you can do a deal where you're compensated fairly, which $25 million a year is certainly fair, then it makes all the sense in the world to take a deal that is, quote-unquote, a little more team-friendly. Yeah, I saw a couple local media there say today that there wasn't a whole lot of uh, negotiating or, or posturing. It was a very quick... Uh, offer and acceptance and let's get going and win a Super Bowl. Like, it wasn't one of these things where there was a line drawn and they fought over it. And No, it was like, okay, we'll take that. Let's go win. Get me a few more players kind of thing. Because he could have gotten 30. I mean, they would have... Peyton and Mickey Loomis both said openly out loud, we will do whatever it takes to keep him here. If he'd have asked for 30, he'd have gotten 30. He, he would have gotten 31 or... Hell, even 32 maybe. Didn't bother. Yeah. Um, so the Amari Cooper deal, five years, $100 million, it's, it's clean. It's $20 million a year for all five years. Uh, in terms of guaranteed money in his contract, that makes him fourth highest in the NFL. 60 of the $100 million is guaranteed. Odell Beckham Jr. has got the most guaranteed money in his contract, $65 million. Julio Jones at 64, Michael Thomas at 60 and a half, 
And then behind Amari Cooper, Mike Evans at $55 million. So it makes him a top five NFL receiver in terms of guaranteed money. We're going to talk with uh, John Harris coming up in about 15 minutes. The Texans did make a move for a wide receiver, but I'm not sure that Randall Cobb is quite the same as DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, Stephon Diggs is out in Minneapolis. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour next. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. College football fix is normally just around the corner, but let's go ahead and push this up a little bit because we've got an extended conversation with John Harris coming to start the 5 o'clock hour. So right now, Borky, if I can throw you a curveball, it's time for the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. I mean, you got to practice some social distancing, so just tell them when you stop by your local Mississippi Ford dealer, hey, I'm here to look at some trucks. Give me a little space. Talk to me about it. Need to know about the greatest deal that I can uh, can get. You can find great deals at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, the Kentucky Derby has been officially moved to September 5, 2020. It will not be the first uh, Saturday in the month of May. Or second, first Saturday in the month of May, is that right? That's what it is. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So now it's the first Saturday in the month of September. There are a few other things that are going on in the first Saturday of September. The Kentucky Derby will be running opposite the opening day of college football season. Not opposite, really. I guess in concurrence with. The uh, schedule of games for the opening day, meh. Florida State, West Virginia. That's ACC Big 12. Big 10 matchup with Northwestern and Michigan State. Alabama Southern Cal. Who would it take Alabama playing in week one for you to be excited about watching Alabama in week one if you're not an Alabama fan? Ohio State. Okay. Clemson. Fair enough. How about Oregon? Oregon, I was about to say. Texas or Oklahoma. Yeah. So just the normal list of blue bloods. A a non-conference top 25 opponent. Okay. Which, when this was scheduled, in fairness, it probably would have been. Right. Ole Miss and Baylor. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Alabama's just sort of gotten screwed with these the past couple of years. You know, when they signed those deals with Florida State and Louisville, you thought those were going to be top ten matchups. That Florida State, going into the season, we thought this could be the best week one game ever, and then Florida State fell apart. So, Right. It's not really Alabama's fault that these these games are – they're trying to schedule power five out of conference games, it's just they're, they're the teams aren't good on the other end. Yeah, and they got Bobby Petrino owned by Louisville, so yeah. that was no good. And then it was Duke last year, and nobody was really interested in that. Uh, you got Ole Miss and Baylor in Houston. 
one of those kickoff games. Is that still getting moved to Sunday? I know that's been the rumor out there. I don't know. I've, I've had people tell me that, but certainly have not heard anything official. I will uh, – how about another question for John Harris? See if we can get him to break some news. Michigan and Washington. Fairly interesting. May have a McCaffrey at quarterback, I guess. Uh, Yeah. Purdue and Nebraska. Wow, conference game week one. I like that. A couple of those happening in the Big Ten. And then USF Texas, and I guess that's only interesting. It's a stretch. I know it's a stretch, but that opening weekend is just uh, lacking. I mean, it wasn't last year's. It was two years ago that was exceptional. You guys. You guys, come on. This is the first weekend of college football. I'll watch whatever you want to put on the TV. Oh, of course we all will. We all. I mean, I'm saying, you know, I know I'll enjoy it too. I won't. It won't. There won't be any. Yeah, these games aren't great. No, there'll be Brian Haydad is like this is it's college football. I'm praying that State gets that Thursday kick so that I can have that first Saturday just to sit there and watch college football. Did the USF Texas thing schedule because of Charlie Strong? I believe so. Was that like? Well, that didn't work out for anybody. Hold on now. Texas fired Charlie Strong, though. It wasn't like a trade-off. Right, but I think once he got the USF job, he made it a point to schedule Texas, I think. Well, and it could be that behind the scenes that was a way to maybe get Texas out of having to pay some of his buyout or... Yeah, maybe got a bonus if he got a game like that for USF. Yeah, who knows. But again, the reason for looking at that list was to look at, you know, against the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. NBC carries the Derby, right? ABC, isn't it? I think it's Yeah, you're right, it's NBC. So where does Notre Dame play that day? They're in Dublin, Ireland the Saturday before. I know that. That would not be an NBC game, then. Probably not. Probably not. That's your college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Sports Talk Mississippi with you Tuesday afternoon, March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day. This doesn't really feel like it today. We're glad to have you along. We roll into the 5 o'clock hour, and we go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Our good friend, John Harris, from the Houston Texans, HoustonTexans.com. Got his own website, Football Takeover. You can follow him on Twitter at Harris. Football and uh, John. First of all, hope you and your family are well. Uh, I, last time we talked, I said I think we would uh, talk to each other closer to the draft. Well, the draft is going to look a whole lot different than uh, than we thought when we last talked. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like. But you know, it's just, it, to me the the event the the draft. I want to make sure I say this carefully because I think what Chicago and Philly and Dallas and, and all the people, all the, the cities that have hosted Nashville last year that hosted show that the, the draft is an event. It's an opportunity for right. people to get out and celebrate uh, what their teams are doing in the draft. That is, you know, if your team has draft picks, um, and I speak, <laughs> I speak uh, from experience as a team that has only had one in the last couple of years and will not have one this year or next year, but for good reason. And, so, 
it, it is definitely turned into a fan event. There is, and I'm sure this is for the, all the football heads out there, they're probably thinking, you know, the, the, the guys that work in the, the, I shouldn't say guys, guys and women that work in an NFL office are going, ah, look, we can do this thing remotely. We have to call in our picks anyways. We're all in our NFL offices. Um, they'll probably, I would imagine, do something uh, with NFL Network, wherever NFL Network is, out in Carson City or L.A. or wherever it is, and they'll announce the picks. The commissioner will announce the picks, and that's the way they'll go about it. But, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely changed. Uh, there's no question about that, and they'll want to get back to a fan event as soon as possible. I just hate it because I felt like the plan in Las Vegas is going to be sort of cool until they took the draft picks across a boat. Uh, at the Bellagio, which I was a little worried about, especially when Mekhi Becton uh, got in the boat. And I was stealing that a little bit from Mike Mayock, but he <laughs> said that at the combine, and I, I laughed uproariously. I actually thought it was pretty funny. Uh, but I do think it's going to be kind of interesting to see what they do. But, you know, interesting stuff has been happening well before this. So uh, they'll figure it out, I think, uh, and we'll move forward and hopefully hopefully uh, have, have an off season at some point, um, finish, and then we'll get to the season and uh, hopefully we'll get back to normal as possible for everybody. What has the reaction been in and around the Texans organization to coronavirus? Obviously, NFL's in the offseason, although we've had free agency kind of roll the last couple of days, and that's really dominated the news cycle. And for those of us that host sports talk radio shows, thankfully that's kind of dominated the news cycle. But in terms of the organization's reaction and what players are saying, what have you been able to gather? I think it's pretty similar across the league that you know whatever you can do remotely – uh, do it remotely. And there's a decent portion of my job that I can do remotely. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm on vacation this week. So um, we had, uh, long story short, my wife and my daughter had planned to go to L.A. for spring break um, to kind of knock around for about three days, make some contacts with my daughter. And then we decided, you know, it's my daughter's senior year in high school. And, man, you want to talk about somebody that's having a hard time with, with all of this kind of and, – and she gets she gets it. She understands and she knows there's more at stake than her prom or graduation, but you're a senior in high school. I mean, those are things you want to do. Anyways, they were planning on going to L.A., and they decided, you know what, this might be our last spring break, all of us together. Let's go down. And we went to a place about an hour and 15 minutes from here that we stayed before down in Galveston. And we decided to come down here, and it actually worked out because we're about as far away from everybody uh, as we could be, social distancing is definitely taking place by us, which is great because we've got <laughs> the beach all to ourselves. Um, that said, we're kind of following the same protocol, but I was just a little while ago watching some film on Alabama and Auburn uh, at the place we're staying. Um, you know, free agency is still going on, and those things are happening. Um, the essential personnel are back in Houston. But, look, if you're making calls, if you're legally tampering, you can make a call from your house. You can make it from, you know, down the street. Um, there aren't a lot of places open nowadays, so I guess you could do it while you're walking in a Kroger or a grocery store. But everything's kind of going on as, as they uh, had sort of planned. Um, and I would imagine Bill O'Brien and Texas Brass are, are in the building as we speak, but pretty much everybody else has been cleared out. Uh, the rodeo, that was the big one for us. You know, rodeo, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is a massive, massive deal for the city of Houston. Big deal. And its, and its community. And they shut that down on Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Maybe it was Tuesday. All the days really ran together last week. And it was like, whoa, okay. Uh, we took it seriously, but that's when it really kind of woke up a lot of people. Like, hey, wait a second. This is, per- this is tough. And then you start seeing the NBA and all of college basketball 
you know, women's college basketball shutting their seasons down, no tournament, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's been kind of a rough go, but the Texans are kind of following the same protocol as a lot of businesses throughout the country. John Harris on your radio, there was uh, kind of a big story yesterday involving the Texans and uh, DeAndre Hopkins heading west. Uh, if I could borrow the words of uh, the great Vince Lombardi, what the hell's going on down there? You know, it's funny. I think I've gotten that text or that phone call, uh, that same exact thing for uh, probably about 24 hours straight. Um, people want to know what's going on. And, and you know, Richard, it's a, this is a tough one. You know, everybody says, oh, NFL's a business. It's a business. But when you work in an NFL building and, you know, we weren't considered on the football ops side, my broadcast digital department, but you know, we did so much with the players. And I was down on the sidelines. You know, I got to know Hop really well, uh, and I, I really I, – I grew to, to love the guy. I just – you know, he's a little peculiar. He's a little different. Um, you know, he loves fashion, um, but he loves competing. And it was – it was tough. It was a tough day yesterday. The thing is, I knew it was coming. And that's the thing. You know things are coming, and yet it still stuns you and shocks you. And that was kind of what yesterday was uh, for me. Look, there's – they're not going to cancel the 2020 season, at least not that we know of yet. We're going to have to play the 2020 season. So you're going to have to figure out whether Will Fuller's healthy enough, whether Kenny Stills can be healthy enough, whether you need to add a free agent, whether you need to draft one of these outstanding rookie wide receivers. And that really is, is when, you, when you boil it down, there, there were some uh, personality conflicts potentially, but Hop was not a bad guy. He was never a bad guy. He's just a little peculiar. And there were times where, you know, his wide receiver diva-ness, diva-ness would sort of, sort of show up in the eyes of the coaching staff and the personnel around them. So that got to be problematic a little bit, I guess, for the people making decisions. But I, ha- I hate it because I, I, I love Hop, uh, and I hate to see him go. Um, and I think it's going to hurt our offense at some point. But the fact of the matter is you've got to pick up and you've got to get going. But the football, the theoretical football move is there can you find a really good wide receiver in this draft that isn't deandre hopkins but can give you 65 70 70 percent of hopkins at 30 percent the price i mean that's that's really what this boils down to it's economics of football hop wanted a new contract um he wasn't going to get it and so they felt like this was the this was the best move to make so uh it does doesn't the, have to does be the randall cobb piece help with What's that? I said, does the, does the Randall Cobb piece help? Uh, yes and no. I think Randall's going to come in there and provide some leadership for this, this room. I think he is going to do a whale of a job in the slot. But, you know, DeAndre lined up everywhere on the field. Randall can line up outside, but it's not really where I want him to be. So, really, what they've done is pass the torch from Hop, who didn't miss any games, to Will Fuller and say, Will Fuller, you're the number one. But Will's never stayed healthy enough to play 16 games to be your number one. And that's going to be the biggest difference. Now, if Will Fuller is 100% healthy, it could be a game changer. But he's got to be 100% healthy. And that's, that right now is kind of the, the crux of this. That's the risk that the Texans are taking. Randall Cobb helps. He definitely helps. Because Stills, Cobb, and Fuller, that's not a bad, that's not a bad threesome. But on third down, Somebody's going to have to prove they're the go-to guy for Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun's got to find that synergy with Randall Cobb very quickly. And it's not as if Randall's going to have a lot of time to learn this offense. 
They're not going to have a bunch of OTAs in time to learn this offense. He's going to have to pick this thing up on the fly as they go, and hopefully he'll be able to do that because I think he can be a great outlet for Deshaun. But that's where some of this is, is problematic. But I do think that Cobb, Stills, and Fuller can be very, very good. Are they Hopkins, Stills, and Fuller? No. But can you then do something else to adjust your offense now that you don't have DeAndre Hopkins? I think that's possible. I think for Houston Texans fans, they don't see it as probable. But it's what you have right now. we got to try and make it work. John Harris on the Farm Bureau phone line. He's going to hang with us through the break, and uh, we're going to talk some more. I, I do have a quick question for you. We've only got a minute until the break. Uh, you get Ole Miss and Baylor coming to uh, your neck of the woods to open the season. It's scheduled for September 5th. There's been a lot of rumor floating around that that game could get moved to Sunday night the 6th. I'm not asking you to get in trouble. It, it, when do you think that game gets played? I have heard rumors. Okay. And your rumor is not far off, um, but I don't know how everything potentially gets impacted. Uh, I, I, but I have, I will admit, I, I have heard that rumor, Richard. I don't know that it's confirmed. I don't know how far along that is, and I don't know if it's true or not. But I have heard that it it is an option. Okay. So, all right, y'all gotta, I don't want to get you in any trouble. That may be enough for now. We'll take <laughs> exactly. a quick time out right there. We'll take a quick time out. We'll be back with more from John Harris, the Houston Texans, Sports Talk Mississippi. More now with John Harris from the Houston Texans. You can follow him on Twitter at jharrisfootball. He is joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. So, John, because of coronavirus and everybody being taken off the road, uh, all the uh, the college football teams have had to cancel pro days. So you got no pro days on campus, uh, no in-person visits uh, with teams at their facilities, at least for the foreseeable future. How does this impact the way teams evaluate college players between now and the draft? I don't think it really – I don't say it doesn't change much. I think what the the in-person visits do is it allows a a personnel staff to get those final questions answered. And there are, what, 115, 120 underclassmen. You know, some of them maybe surprised some teams. Like, whoa, I, I didn't think he was coming out. And maybe teams haven't done as much work on a guy. Uh, I'll give you an example of it going the other way. Kahale Waring last year was a tight end at San Diego State. Uh, he was a guy that didn't play a lot of football uh, growing up. Senior, he played water polo. His senior year, he decided, you know, after some convincing, uh, his friends said, dude, you need to go for football. Well, all of a sudden, he goes out for football, and he gets some offers. He goes to San Diego State. He goes there. He plays for three years. He's only been playing football for four years. And really was kind of off the beaten path as far as, you know, you know, draft analysts go. They weren't really paying attention to him. And our local scout on the West Coast, noticed him in, in fall camp and started doing his background work on him in fall camp just in case. And then just in case happened. And he had done a lot of background work, and so the Texans were very comfortable with him, even though he declared, I think, one of the last few days uh, that he could declare. Then they did some more work. Um, they did some more work on him at the Combine. 
and then they did a little bit more work. But they already had a lot of uh, you know background done on him that they didn't feel lost when they had a chance to talk to him. They ended up drafting him in the third round. So the teams that have done their background work and have done it on underclassmen in particular, they're going to be, I think, you know, pretty set. I've talked to our, our college scout and our director of college scout and James Lifford. I've asked all of them, like, what, what's kind of, the, what's kind of the, the protocol for you guys as it pertains to, to underclassmen? Because those are the guys you really worry about. Because if it's a, if it's a guy who's a senior, he's going to go to one of the, the postseason bowl games. He's going to have the all-star game of some sort. Then you're going to see him at the combine. And then in most years, you're going to see him at his pro day. So that's a lot of time. But these underclassmen, they're not going to see your bowl. They may not play in their bowl game. They're definitely not going. Uh, some of them are not going to work out at the combine. You might get a interview, uh, an interview at the combine, and that might be about it. So those in-campus visits for underclassmen are important, especially if you haven't done as much digging as you should. So those departments that have done it, and those teams that have done it, they're going to probably be better off. And I asked James Lipford the other day, I said, uh, does this, you know, all this that's going on, is that really hamstring you? And he goes, nah. He goes, our board's set. We're good. He goes, there are a few players that we need a few questions answered. He goes, but nothing that we can't do via Skype or phone call or, or you know, uh, however interviews are going to be done uh, electronically. He said, we feel pretty good. And I would think that's the way a lot of teams feel, that they've done the legwork and they've done the background work, that they'll get some questions answered. Um, I think there will be some that didn't work out the combine that they'll look at and go, ooh, man, do we, do we trust this? How fast do you think this guy really is? Do you, do you think he can run 4-4? doesn't show it on film. You know, so there will be some of those questions that they'll get answered. But I think the teams that have done their legwork and their background work, especially on the underclassmen, I think those are the, guys, those are the teams that will be, I think, far enough ahead of this thing to not have it impact them. Did you ever believe you'd see Tom Brady in a uniform other than that of the New England Patriots? No. I was, I was fairly steadfast when you looked at every situation that he could go to. I just didn't think there was going to be a, another situation that made any sense for him. I felt like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I should say this, but I will. I, I sort of, I sort of, I had a, I had a thought that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be traded months ago. And I knew the Patriots had asked about Hopkins each of the last two years. And so mm. I started thinking about, man, the Patriots with Hopkins, they, you know, maybe they sign Austin Hooper. You know, maybe that's enough to get Brady back. But I think, you know, obviously that didn't happen. And I don't know that Tom was relying on that to happen. But I think Tom just got to a point where, you know, it is for a lot of people, and that is, you know what? I've gone through this for 20 years. You guys have really just not respected me at all in this. I've given you six rings. Uh, he, and I'm telling you, Richard, when I saw him go on a field, it scared me to death. He was the most unathletic-looking guy I've ever seen in my life. But when he had the ball <laughs> in his hands, I, it scared me to death. He's really the only quarterback that I could say that about. Even Mahomes, all, like the only guy that I feared late in the game was Tom Brady. I mean, I saw Rodgers in a close game. I've seen Patrick Mahomes a couple times. I mean, I've seen the greatness. Drew Brees. Now, nah, Drew did scare me. Drew does scare me a little bit. But nobody did like Brady. And to see him go somewhere else, hopefully it's in the NFC, hopefully it's Tampa Bay. We don't have to see him for a long while. Uh, I, I, I'll be very, very happy. I just didn't think it was going to happen. It makes sense. When you think about the Patriots, 
Think about every great player the Patriots have had. And then you go, yeah, but it won't happen to, it happened to Brady. It happened to every single one. Vrabel, Bruschi, uh, McGinnis, all of them. It happens to every single one. And now it happened to Brady. So say what you will about it. It's going to be pretty interesting to see what Jared Stidham does there. But uh, I think Belichick probably wanted about as much as Brady did. So now we'll see what happens. But uh, I'll say this. I'd much rather face the Patriots with Jared Stidham than I would the Patriots with Tom Brady, no matter how old Brady was. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's assume that he does end up in Tampa Bay. Who has a better season next year? Tom Brady with Tampa Bay or Phillip Rivers with Indianapolis? Uh, Brady with Tampa Bay. I, because of the receivers? I, yeah, I just think everything around him. I do think that Tampa, Tampa's got to get a little bit more of a run game. But I saw that offense last year. I mean, Winston threw four interceptions. And, I mean, Richard, they would have lit us up. If James started throwing interceptions, they would have lit us up. And that was without Evans and Godwin. So if they find a little bit of a run game and they can protect Brady with Godwin and Evans, my God, they should be able to light it up. Now, I'm not saying the Colts don't have, uh, don't have that, but they don't have that. They don't have that firepower. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, really good receiver. He's lit us up, but that wasn't hard to do against our corners the last couple of years. But beyond T.Y., they've got a bunch of young guys. When you're going into Tampa Bay, he's going in with Godwin, Evans, you know, Cam Brady. I mean, they've got some dudes. O.J. Howard's still there, I think. I think he's still there, yeah. Uh, so he's got some weapons. They just got to get him a little bit of a run game, and then I think he'll be able to unleash in Tampa Bay. I, I would put my money on, on uh, TB and TB. Last thing for you. Do you like the move that Carolina made to bring Teddy Bridgewater in and let Cam Newton do whatever it is that he's going to do? I think the biggest thing with Cam was you just you didn't know how healthy he was, and when and, and I realized this, and I think this was the mistake. And David Tepper's gonna gonna realize I think this mistake when you decide that you're making changes on the football ops side, make all of them, just change it all, because Marty Herney's been there. He's been as big a problem. I guess you're gonna say the problem. He's the GM in all this. Change everything because now Matt Rule's coming in. He's got his way of doing things than the way Herney's been doing them. So but it just it just changed everything. Look at what the 49ers did. And the 49ers just last time decided to blow it all up. They said, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, you guys come together, work on things together, and get it figured out together. And they did. And I think some teams will do that. But, you know, we did that. We didn't do that here in Houston. And for four years, Rick Smith and Bill O'Brien were at each other's throats, basically. And it's yeah. like, no. Bring in everybody with one singular vision and go. So, I mean, having Marty Herney there, I, you know, he's, he's, I think he's been a good GM. But Matt Rule's got a different way of looking at this. He's got a seven-year deal. I mean, he's got a seven-year deal. That doesn't mean they want to turn this thing over uh, overnight. They, they realize that. And I was told at the Senior Bowl that expect anything and everything from Carolina, including number 22, Christian McCaffrey, that there's a possibility they might ship everybody. Then some of the things I've seen them do, I'm like, what are they doing? Like, they, they've signed this guy, they trade Trey Turner, but then they're signing like, – it doesn't really kind of make sense. It doesn't jive. It doesn't feel like the mission is all on the same page and everybody's on the same page. So, hopefully they can get on the same page fast. I like it for Teddy. It's an opportunity. Um, and now I'm curious to see what happens with Cam. And we just talked about the Patriots. I know it's crazy. But Cam Newton in New England, 
I want to be front row and center for Cam Newton in New England. It'll never happen, but I would love to see those Cam Newton and Bill Belichick try and figure it out. Oh, my God. Get your popcorn. Oh, I'd pay money to see that. Get your popcorn. John, really appreciate you making some time for us, especially while you're on vacation with your family. Hope you guys stay safe, and uh, maybe, maybe something will work out, and your daughter will be able to have that graduation at the end of the year. Good talking to you, my friend. Appreciate you, Richard. Take care, man. That's John Harris, Jay Harris Football on Twitter. If you want to follow him, nothing like a good, big, fat, free agency football sandwich on March the 17th. Take a timeout and be right back. So, Borky, you just stumbled across a a little not-so-fast, my friend? Yeah, the Ryder Cup. Maybe we still get it this year, the official Twitter account of the Ryder Cup said the reports of a postponement of the 2020 Ryder Cup are inaccurate. Mm, I think I'm good with that. I was thinking about this during the break, too. Because of the way the tour schedule is shaping up and all these events are getting canceled, what if you played all four majors in a row? Like, what would you think about that? I know that would absolutely not happen, but if that did, what would you think about that? Well, you used to basically get back-to-back with PGA and British. I was there two weeks in between those, Rippy. Yeah, but wasn't there a time, wasn't there one recently where there was just one? Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was two weeks. Where you went from like the third week of July and then had a week and then what, first week of August or something like that? If you did four in a row, it would lose its luster, I think. Yeah, I think it would lose its luster. And, I mean, Tiger Woods comes to mind. And the the interviews that he's done where he's talked about just how much a major takes out of you, you know, physically but more mentally and emotionally than uh, than anything else. Um, I think it would be hard to do that. I mean, the, the only comparison would be the FedEx Cup. And it, you know, even though it's for a ton of money, it has not grabbed – the attention of everybody the way that majors do in golf. And they cut the, the field The FedEx down. Cup also has at least one built-in off week. Mm, yeah, you're right. What they, they went to, instead of having three events and then the Tour Championship, did they go to tour event, two events and then the Tour Championship? Is that what it went to? I thought it was four to three. It used to go 125, 170, 30, and I believe one of those was cut out. Okay, so it's three, including the Tour Championship, where a couple of years ago, or for the several years before that, it was four, including the Tour Championship. Correct. Gotcha. Um, Borky, what is this story from Yahoo? You say a new film is coming out that is going to play Will Wade's wiretap audio? Yeah, a documentary uh, about Christian Dawkins is going to air, and yeah, you are going to hear the ever-talked-about audio recording of Will Wade discussing offers on a wiretap. Will it be the actual audio, or will it be recreated? As far as I understand it, it is the audio. It's an HBO documentary. You'll hear him. You'll hear Sean Miller talking about how Will Wade is raising the price for all of these players on this documentary. Here's just a little bit from the story. It's at uh, Yahoo Sports. When confronted by an FBI agent that he was on the brink of being arrested for bribing college basketball coaches and defrauding universities, charges 
that merited up to 200 years in prison, basketball middleman Christian Dawkins was offered a deal. Helped the government get then-Louisville basketball coach Rick Pitino and NBA agent Andy Miller, and everything could go away. Just then, as Dawkins sat inside a Manhattan hotel room in September 2017, his phone, which was being wiretapped by the FBI, rang. It was Arizona coach Sean Miller. Add Miller to the list, Dawkins was told. He flatly refused on all requests. Seconds later, a herd of agents carrying assault rifles stormed the room and took him away for booking. It's a new HBO documentary called The Scheme, which will premiere March 31st at 9 Eastern. The film tells Dawkins' story of going from would-be sports agent to convicted felon in a federal case that threatened but never quite accomplished upending the sport of college basketball. Later in this article, they they list a transcript of one of the audio recordings you're going to hear. Um, In this recording, Book Richardson said Will Wade had informed him that, quote, and you'll hear this, look, there's a deal in place. I got 300000 for Nas Reed. On the phone call, Miller quickly informed Dawkins on the separate recording that you'll hear that he believed any rumors about Reed coming to Arizona was a trick designed for the Reed camp to get more money out of LSU. Christian Dawkins said, quote, in essence, let me ask you this. Do you think you'll get Nas Reed? Sean Miller said, no, he's going to LSU. Dawkins replied, he's going to LSU. That helps. Miller said, we're not even bringing him on a visit. He's not even visiting. That's all expletive. Like, I'm not looking at our recruiting board. He's, on even, he's not even on it. I've never talked to the kid. All of this hype on the phone, it's stupid. He's probably just said, you know what? I, I don't want 75. I want 120, and I may go to Arizona. That's all it was. Dawkins replied, and Will Wade, I told Book, I said, Will Wade is just driving up the price on players because he's not even doing, like, real numbers. <laughs> Sean Miller replied, I'll tell you what. I'll give him credit. He's got a big set of, of balls on him. Dawkins replied, no, Will Wade doesn't give a expletive. Bleep. Serious question, Borky. Are you going to watch this in the nude? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was the defense from everybody. Especially, there's a lot of LSU media people that are going to wear egg on their face because their defense was, well, nobody's heard the recording, so people at Yahoo are probably making this up. It probably doesn't exist. It's just a story to get Will. Well... We're about to hear it. So, now what? I'm excited. I'll watch. <laughs> Especially given that there's nothing else to watch right now. Well, there's a, there is that. Yes, that's true. It's not like your weekends are going to be tied up with uh, covering college baseball. That's true. It's true. I, I mean, th- this line, I cannot wait to hear this. It's going to make me laugh. Look, there's a deal in place. I got 300000 for Reed. <laughs> I mean, that's one player. He built a roster of these guys. You know what's more, you know, assuming all this is accurate, what's most impressive here is that given the resources that are devoted to success on the football field at LSU, they were uh, able to pull together some resources for success on the uh, basketball court as well. 
Yeah, it must and be if Will tough Wade stealing from hospital charities. If, if Will oh. Wade doesn't get suspended last year, that's probably a Final Four team. I think. They were really news good. item here. N- news item here. This is uh, as it pertains to Oxford, and I. You guys may have seen this elsewhere in Mississippi. I think this is the first time I've seen this in the state of Mississippi. Uh, just a little while ago, the Oxford Board of Aldermen approved a motion to require all bars and restaurants to close their dining rooms and shift to curbside, drive through or delivery methods only for the next 50, uh, 15 days, and that goes into effect at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. So can't even. It's not just takeout. It's got to be brought to the car. Um, it says curbside drive-through and delivery. I, I I don't know if you can walk in and pick it up at the cash register or if it can only be brought outside the restaurant. I I I don't know the uh, specific of that. Let's see. I saw this. So uh, for me today, I had a couple of instances like that where I had to take my kids to the orthodontist today, and rather than just walk in and check them in, they told me. Call when you get here. We'll call you back when we're ready for them. They can come in. You have to stay in the car. Wow. So that's what we did. So I just sat in my car for like 45 minutes while they got whatever was going on in there done. And then I went to pick up lunch today at uh, at Jersey Mike's, a little sub shop. Yeah. Uh, all of their, their, their dining area was completely blocked off. You couldn't go sit down. Take out only. I walk out. I looked at Zaxby's, which is next door. Their sign says drive through only. So. Yeah. A lot of the stuff's already happening without a mandate, but I guess some people and, and have to have a mandate. Haven't both McDonald's and Chick-fil-A nationwide gone to dining rooms closed, drive-in only? I think I saw that for Chick-fil-A. I don't know about McDonald's. Yeah. Certainly the way of life that we are uh, accustomed to has uh, is changing dramatically, and it's changing day by day. I, I made a grocery store run last night. Um, had been to the grocery store on what's today Tuesday maybe Sunday around lunchtime, and it was crowded on Sunday, but it, there there were still some stuff. I mean the the cleaning supplies were cleaned out and all the toilet paper was cleaned out, but there was still food. Um, last night when I went through, and I went to two different grocery stores, no ground beef. No chicken, very limited on other beef products. There were some pork tenderloins available. When you looked up and down the vegetable aisles, I mean, the the cans that were still there, manufacturers ought to take a good, long, hard look in the mirror and realize that nobody <laughs> buys the can that has corn and chopped carrots and cauliflower and some tomatoy thing in them. Yeah, plenty of those still on, but, you know... You want whole-cut green beans or cream corn or whole-kernel corn or... You know what they had more of than anything? Rotel. Like the canned Rotel stuff? Huh. I mean, like, not only was it still on the shelves, but there were, like, pallets of it. They were getting ready to go out. So It's it's overrated for queso. Just just put the cheese and the meat in there. You don't need the Rotel. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, if you can find a block of Velveeta, you can still make Rotel. Aside from that, hope you've been able to stock up a little bit. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.